we'd like to welcome you to part five of our mega study entitled The Satanic Lie of the Alien Disclosure Agenda. This is going to be parts five through however many parts it takes me to get through this, and hopefully we can wrap this up this week. And this is for the date of March 6th, 2016. And just to reiterate why we would cover topics like this, I don't get a lot of, I guess, flack like I used to regarding these types of subjects, uh, regarding well, why would you cover these things, how is this even relevant, what is, you know, this, this is all pointless. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.11, <clears throat> And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. The word reprove in the Noah Webster 1828 dictionary, which more closely defines the words in the King James Bible <clears throat> regarding the time that they were written, reprove means to blame, to give its a fault, or to make manifest, just like it says in the verse, to shed light on it, to excite a sense of guilt. So <clears throat> by covering these topics, which, again, from a watchman standpoint, I believe this is a, a big part of my calling, and there's not a lot of other, particularly mainstream ministries, that will touch these subjects. And as a result, the people that will call themselves Christians at large, for the most part, are very, very ill-equipped to deal with this subject at all. And again, that is all by design, satanically, because they want to keep them in the dark of all people, the Christians, so that when things do happen, when things do start to go down, they will be totally helpless like little babies, not knowing, they, you know, how to process this, how to react. <laughs> they're not, they're going to be, for the most part. <clears throat> so, and again, this is why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. We don't want Satan to get an advantage of us, so um, the only way to do that is to not be ignorant of his devices, essentially. And this is what we're trying to point out. So uh, let's just delve right in today. This is an, man, I'm going to be covering some stuff today that <laughs> is just mind-blowing. Some of it, a lot of it, is actually from my listeners, and way do you hear some of these testimonies I'm going to be reading. Oh, man. It's going to knock your socks off. <clears throat> so make sure you actually have socks on so they can get knocked off at a later time here. I'm sorry, just teasing there. Anyway, um, this first one, and I had, I've been talking about this for a long time, and now I'm going to actually kind of delve into this. The Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood End Deception. A great deception began last December as the network TV prepares the world for the arrival of those alien evangelists. And, and they're, they're not preaching the gospel, okay? Gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the exact opposite. Those alien evangelists with leathery wings, horns, and barbed tails. Now I'm going to go ahead and just start playing some uh, clips and uh, trailers and, and just some commentary on this particular... I mean, man, what a deception this is. This is the this was the original one of the original trailers from the Sci-Fi Channel, and it's the Childhood End trailer, the Golden Age. This is what supposedly these entities are trying to bring us into. And remember, I talk a lot about from a 
grand satanic scheme. This is the end time. This is what these fallen angels have been, and Satan and his demons have been waiting for for millennia. For this. For this moment. You know, and particularly to bring us out of their what they call the age of Pisces into the age and the dawning of the age of Aquarius. And from the old world order into the new world order where we shall be as gods. And so this has been a long time plan. And the ultimate goal of this long time plan is not what they're telling us, but it is the total eradication of humanity. And in this particular little three, I think it was just three episodes, this, this show totally confirms in the end that, the, that their ultimate goal of Satan is the total eradication of humanity. Now, I know you can't see, you can watch these, though. I'm, I'm going to post these. It's showing a lot of people looking up into the sky, and I believe there's these big... And, and, and again, we've seen this scenario over and over again with V, District 9, you name it. There's so many Hollywood blockbuster movies where you the first thing you're going to see is, is the big spaceships over the large city populations, and then, you know, either bad stuff starts happening right away, or they communicate and they act like they're our buddies, these types of things. There's no need to be afraid. Oh my God. There's no need Okay, to so what's happening now is these people are in their, they're like, they're seeing this on TV and they look over and they see some dearly departed loved one supposedly some projection of them in the room with them and they're telling them there's no need to be afraid a really really brilliant tactic by satan if you think about it i mean if they could pull that off from a technological slash demonic standpoint and you know we have they've got blue beam and they've got holographic projections and things of this nature really brilliant from that standpoint uh <clears throat> so you you look over and you see your dearly departed spouse telling you there's no need, you know, there's no need to be afraid. We come in peace. We're going to whatever. And, and so they're, they're using fondly remembered, dearly departed loved ones to do their lying for them, these entities. There's no need to be afraid. There's no need to be afraid. We have come to help the man. We have come to help mankind. We're not conquerors. We're not conquerors. conquerors. Lies. Lies. My name is Corellin. My name is Corellin. Corellin is their leader, and we'll get more into him as this goes. Corellin. My name is Corellin. I am the supervisor for Earth. Remember, Satan comes as the most subtle beast of the field, especially if he's trying to deceive you, like he did Eve. So, he's coming with this night melodious voice, and oh, just he's he's here, and all of these wonderful things that they're going to impart to humanity, and and you know, it would be typical for the way that you would expect Satan to manifest himself. Supervision, you will all flourish here. Peace, health, security for everyone. 
so these are all the things that are being promised to humanity peace health security for everyone this golden age of peace and no wars and you know the next the best thing since sliced bread basically why are you here we need a messenger a conduit between the overlords and earth so they're recruiting this this uh, guy that lives out in the country uh, to be their intermediary, their go-between, their liaison, essentially, between these satanic overlords to basically put a human face on the satanic overlords. So it's it's all the more easier for humanity to trust, you know, them. What if I refuse? I respect your decision. It would go a long way with people if you would just show yourself. You wouldn't accept my appearance. They wouldn't accept our appearance because you'll you'll see later what this thing looks like, and um, I'm not going to give too much away yet. But <clears throat> this is all part of the satanic deception, uh, and, and so they're using this this human ambassador essentially. Hope you can trust me the way I trust you. Welcome to the golden age of man. We're going to grow up in a world without fear. This is what I always hoped it would be. Supposedly, supposedly none of the guns even work. They have some way of, like, jamming every gun simultaneously on the planet so that the, they can't even use them. I, I, from what I can remember. All the time. They're controlling the way we think. He said that they're here to help us. Mr. Stormgrintis, tell us, why won't Corellin show us his face? The Earth has a new destiny. That's the, a lady actually talking to Corellin. I think it was in the third episode. She's saying, you lied to them, you lied to us all. They're getting a little bit ahead of themselves. But, yeah, they're kind of commingling all the different episodes into one, into the trailer. Sold you the world. How do you like your golden age? So it's pretty much in your face. Now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to just keep going. To, now, this second one is the new promo for the second episode that reveals that the aliens are really demons and Satan. Nothing like the Illuminati and Satan trying to warn us before they begin the actual deception. Now, here is the second promo for the second episode. For 20 years, the overlords have told us precisely nothing about themselves. So they've been here, I guess, 20 years at this point. They, they've literally revealed almost zero about themselves but they themselves have changed the whole world into this supposedly golden age utopia why do they look like so now they start coming out with billboards where it shows Corellin with the family and it's and they show you this and it's literally the most cliche over-the-top example for the way you would think Satan would look. Nine-foot-tall, beet-red, bloody beet-red devil 
with leathery wings, hooves. I mean, I'm talking every, I mean, pointy tail, the whole nine yards. Like, like I've heard a lot of preachers say, you know, the devil doesn't come to you with, you know, two horns, a, 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 a red cape, and a, and a pitchfork. But in this case, he does. And this is why it takes so many years for them to finally unveil themselves because they have to gain the trust of humanity before they can be seen in their uh in the form that they actually really are this is a race of 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 supposedly these creatures and Corellin is is their leader supposedly the supervisor for earth supervising the earth and and ultimately the destruction of humanity okay had a little bit of technical difficulty had my computer froze up and i had to restart so i'm not a hundred percent sure where i left off here um but i think it was this second trailer on uh, the second episode called the deceivers for childhood end so i'm just going to go ahead uh and again now they're they're literally openly openly coming out i'm looking and you can watch the trailer i'm giving you a link to it and <laughs> it's literally it's a family <laughs> they've got big billboards up and it says I think it says we're in it together, and it has the Corellin, this nine foot tall, or whatever it is, at least eight foot tall, well, I guess if you include the height of its wings, it's, it's good nine feet, uh, his leathery black slash red wings, he's got barbs coming out everywhere, and big horns, and I mean, every, every personification, every cliche personification of the devil you could about imagine, the only thing he doesn't have is a pitchfork. Which I think would have been a nice touch, personally, but, you know, that's me. Um, and he's behind this family saying, we're in it together. It's almost, it's so, it's so cornball looking in a way, but it's the way they're portraying this. And, and, and they don't do this right away. This is like 20 years or however many years later that they finally start coming out with this garbage. So I'm going to let this trailer play more. Why do they look like demons? Like our exact idea of devils? <laughs> because they are the exact... They are these devils, okay? Uh, they're the physical manifestation of... of, of really, Satan is, is what he looks like. I don't know that God ever really helped any of us. See, so this is, this is where they're getting our mindset. I don't know if God ever really helped any of us. No, he just... Were the, was the reason you were born he's the reason that the the sun's out there in outer space and, and keeping the planet warm and that we have an atmosphere in the planet and that we we have gravity and that we have tides because of the moon and the earth's tilt and we have seasons and all of these things that keep us alive that's all that god ever did for us he just gave us a soul and a spirit and you know no but it's corellin it's satan that is actually a real you know benevolent benefactor and this is where they're trying to bring everybody in the show to an absolute total destruction of any kind of faith that you would have really primarily to the christians and god but but in other faiths even even destroying their so that they can have a one world religion essentially i want to know why they're here and what they have in store for us he said that the earth has a new destiny what does that mean I have no idea what's waiting for us. You find out at the end of season, uh, uh, at the end of the third episode, what the new destiny is. We'll get to that later. Don't fight. You've been fighting from the beginning. She's not fighting. This has to stop. You're hurting her. 
So he's telling the lady at the, at the, I think that's the third episode, or maybe it's, maybe it's the second, but no, you deceived yourselves. See, it's, it's like the whole analogy of when a vampire comes to your front door or a black eyed child, you have to give it permission to come in. Okay. It's the, this whole show is literally that example, I guess that scenario when these things appeared, we had to give them permission to have this power over us, essentially. And they came in like a lamb. You know, like, like oh, this nice little meek, innocent lamb that just wants to give us, you know, pixie sticks and buttercups and, you know, butterflies and, and pigtails and, 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 and everything good, sugar and spice and everything nice. <clears throat> but ultimately, there is a price that is you have to pay in the end when you make a deal with the devil. And I mean, that's, that's not a, a lie. What I say about, you know, with vampires and in black eyed children, you, you, you have to literally give them, and they always ask permission. It's some type of Luciferian code of ethics. They have to abide by, uh, just like the Kabbalists have to warn their population centers prior to them doing something heinous to them they have to give them some types of heads up therefore it's it's all you know a, a straight game it's 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 a it's a fair game to them so this is i just wanted to kind of go over that a little bit it is done and the way has been prepared for your successors see our successors are the generation that is born while these things have taken over the earth this generation of children this is the price that has to be paid and it's basically them they um belong to corellin and his agenda and so this was the the promo for the second um episode now let's go ahead and this is the promo for the third the season finale people of earth the sun sets on even the most glorious of days and it must now start to slowly sink into the night for you <laughs> so it's basically telling us you know hey you got the goodies you got your world peace you, you we we destroyed every bit of faith that you have in god now your whole race is going to be essentially annihilated you have to fade into the night essentially we are evolving so what are we evolving see into? again this is whole the whole thing about you should be as gods and, and this is this has a lot to do with I, I really believe ultimately with the whole concept of transhumanism where they believe that they're going to literally upload their consciousness into these ai computer system platforms and and, and they're going to live forever and, and they're going to you know ascend and all of this garbage it's, it's all along those lines and all of these kids that are born to these people in this particular generation, this last generation of children, all have, like, psychokinetic, telekinesis-type powers. In other words, those are powers that you're typically going to associate with people that are in the occult. 
um, people like obviously like fortune tellers and in in magicians and things of this nature. If if, if the magician is actually using the occult uh, to help him with whatever magic tricks he's using, and that's a very common tactic. Um, people that are involved in witchcraft, essentially. And it's like a whole generation of children that are like little witches and warlocks that are that are of a very highly adept power. They're probably not even fully human um, at this point. They're probably some type of, of Nephilim-type entity at this point. I, I, I don't think it really gets a lot into their genetics, but they don't behave human hardly in the end at all. There's a kind of a force that is affecting every kid in the world. Jennifer, what do you see? Show me something. Something destructive. I think the Earth could be in danger. I need to go to their planet to try and stop it. Let's defy the overlords and get our kids back. My hope is that humanity will go to its rest in peace. <laughs> the Childhood's End finale. Tomorrow we'll go, go to our rest in peace. That's, that's Satan's hope, People. essentially. This is the garbage that, that they're expecting us to believe. So then I saw this, and, and, and she does a, a good job also of giving some analysis. Then we're actually going to go into um, another analysis of this particular show, because this, this encompasses a lot, this miniseries. There's a lot of, of things that Hollywood is trying to portray, project, and inform us about. Um, so this is... I'm going to play this particular video commentary. A three-part show on Sci-Fi Channel portrays a curious scenario set in the future. Childhood's End is a television show based on the 1953 novel by the great Arthur C. Clarke, a science fiction writer. This show aired just recently in the midst of the holiday season for many. At a time when many remember the birth of Jesus into the world, Sci-Fi Channel decided to air a show that depicts... And they're showing one here of the famous supposed Jesus statue in Rio de Janeiro, which is actually just Sananda, Sananda Emmanuel, um, not the real Jesus of the Bible. Anyway, uh, they're showing a big, gigantic spaceship over it. And so they're trying to use, It's almost like they're trying to usurp, you know, they're, they're trying to superimpose their... their uh, childhoods and devil coming one world religion over christianity is i think the what they're trying to convey alien disclosure the arrival of a satanic look-alike and the eventual destruction of the world by fire the themes contained in childhood's end show an agenda is underway it has been for quite some time Clark's novel is centered around an alien disclosure, where an armada of alien vessels may contact with the Earth. The aliens claim that they have come for the purpose of assisting humanity through a golden age, a utopia, a time of peace, security, and prosperity for all upon the Earth. Not all of the people accept this utopia. Some of them protest, because... They believe in the God of Scripture. In the show, one of the characters' mothers kills herself because of the disclosure. She views her faith in God as incompatible with disclosure of alien life. Despite these... And this is what they're hoping for. They're hoping for 
And, and, and again, could this be the literal backbone of the great falling away that the Bible talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2? Could this be the literal backbone of when it says that for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And and we're the, the world by and large, and particularly America in particular, is showing God every single day that they that they want um, they don't have any real love for the truth and they have they're they're taking pleasure in unrighteousness. So is God giving the world over to a reprobate mind, you know, essentially? Um, in that particular time frame, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, is the same time the Antichrist is going to be revealed, okay? And he's going to arise. So, end time scenario, which is what we're in, what we're moving into, there's just a lot of parallels there. These people, these protesters, most, a vast majority of the world is accepting of the utopia and many abandon whatever faith they once had in the notion of God. The aliens and the people... Because if that's the case, if you can get all these people to fall away, you know, that maybe we're even on the fence. Maybe they were thinking about me. Maybe they were, and then now all of a sudden they're just totally given over to this other lie slash what they believe to be reality. Well, he's got them. They're on their way to hell. Those people, even if they did pray, God's not going to hear their prayers. You know what I mean? Their, their, their prayers wouldn't have any power, even if they did pray. So, it's just one of those things where, in this particular show, it portrays Christianity as basically dead. So there's really no opposition to Satan. And he kind of just takes his time in this process of, 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 of coming to where this last generation is, is um, birthed upon this world, these children. And then that is what ultimately they use in the end to bring about the destruction of the world. And we'll get to that. I, I think she gets to that here near the end of this clip. People of Earth commonly refer to this time period of peace and prosperity on the earth as the golden age of humanity literally that's what they say repeatedly throughout the show people never seem to get sick in this golden age there is no war either there is one who is appointed as the supervisor of earth one who helps to usher in the golden age of humanity his name is Corellin. for many years the people of earth never see him Here he's making his big, big debut to planet Earth, I don't know how many years later. And he's got his hooves, old split foot. <laughs> and he's got two children Eventually, on each hand. they do see him when he is unveiled. You gotta love it. Corellin tells one of the characters the reason why he does not disclose his appearance to the people of Earth. It's because they are not ready to accept what he looks like. But later in the show, he is revealed. What's interesting about his depiction in the show is that it is different from the way he is depicted in the book. In fact, a New York Post article wrote 
that the director of the show intentionally manipulated Corellin's look, changing him from an alien profile to a character that literally looks like a rendering of Satan. When Corellin is unveiled to humanity, he looks suspiciously like the unveiling of the satanic statue in Detroit that happened this past summer. In fact, Corellin... Well, yeah, and... Detroit, and then I th- did they move it to Oklahoma? I don't know, or, or maybe it was vice versa. And and so yeah, it looks basically, it, although it doesn't have a goat's head like the the Baphomet or the goat of Mendez. Um, it's it does look a lot like him with the wings and everything else. There there's a lot of similarities. The supervisor of Earth is nine feet tall and flanked by two children when he is unveiled. A girl on the left and a boy on the right. The satanic statue is also nine feet tall, with two children on the side of Satan, a girl on the left, and a boy on the right. Both the statue and the scene in Childhood's End depict the children looking up to the satanic character with longing, with great admiration. I mean, this is how beyond sick this world is, where, I mean, I guess this would be accepted in any way, shape, or form. I'm not talking about my listeners. I'm just talking about, you know, people in general. I mean, you, you couldn't have gotten away with releasing a show like this, you know, I don't know, a few decades ago. I, I don't believe it would have. I mean, it's so blasphemous, essentially, what they're portraying here, if, if you really start to think about it. This is him making his big debut to humanity finally after being in the shadows for decades and decades. And he's got two little kids with him. So that'll, that'll um, I guess, allay everyone's fears that, oh, he's a good guy. I mean, look, I mean, really, I think what would have been a nice touch is if he would have come out eating a thing of, uh, like, a little ice cream cone. And they, the kids would have had ice cream cones and they could have all come out maybe skipping together, you know, Um and I, I don't know, I just thought that would have been a nice little touch. It's Corellin who will be overseeing the golden age, the evolution of humanity, and the transition to peace and prosperity. He has an interest in the children of Earth. It's later revealed that these children are no longer the property of humanity and are not fully human anyway. They- okay, I was right. They're not even fully human anyway, and, and they don't they don't act like they're fully human they've done something to the genetics they've done something to the dna they're essentially nephilim which again jesus christ said as it was in the days of noah <clears throat> socially being the days of the coming of the son of man you know if they can create and, and hybridize a race of nephilim children that will do their satanic bidding um they're not fully human anymore and what would ultimately end up happening is the seed line of man would be destroyed because all the dna would be corrupted and that was satan's goal in in Noah's day in Genesis 6 and he almost pulled it off save the eight people on the ark he got pretty close and the animals that were preserved so he got pretty close to Noah's day he downed eight people from I'm sure millions of people on the planet maybe billions who knows and he got that close so this is their ultimate goal once again the ultimate eradication and defilement of the human DNA gene pool 
and and we'll get to how it all ends up here near the end. They're taken away from their human parents. The parents are left to face the apocalypse. Occult symbols are put on display throughout the show. First off, Corellin has the ability to manipulate and control time and space. He does this on many occasions for the purpose of ensuring that humanity enters the Golden Age without any issues. There are multiple references to the fact that Corellin and the alien invaders are assisting humanity through evolution towards a higher state of consciousness. These aliens are called the Overlords, and they have been on Earth once before. Why do they look like demons? Like our exact idea of devils. They look like our idea of devils because they've been here before. We've been waiting for them. We knew they were coming, so when they brought about this change, it scared us on some deep level because we could never stop it. A relationship between all living things and the stars themselves. Perhaps we've always known the overlords are coming. Okay, so because of some crackpot ancient philosophy, we knew they were coming to do good. So then why turn them into the personification of evil? Humanity has waited expectantly for them to return. They are not on Earth for the purpose of destroying the Earth, but to do... Well, the thing is, is they were, they were always the personification of evil. They're just... They're just putting all out this tremendous colossal con job to convince you the of the exact opposite okay was it was it us that turned them into the person they themselves were clearly the personification of, of evil a tree is known by its fruit you look at what they did in the days of noah <laughs> i mean okay that's all you need to know and i think when they were in reference to they were here once before granted i you know, yes, they've been they've been around, but as far as physical manifestation, I think you know Noah's day, the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. They they literally came down to the, to the planet, took them wives, all that they chose. You know, and again, what is that doing? That's defilement of the genetic DNA code of man, the making of the nephilim, which again in the end, I think these children essentially are nephilim. Their 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 DNA has been defiled. So as it was in the days of Noah, well, here we go again good. They happen to look like the human conception of demons. But according to one character, humanity has incorrectly associated these creatures with evil. <laughs> Other occult symbols like the eye, the pyramid, the as above so below, repeat references to the golden age. These symbols show up on multiple occasions. In one scene, we see a man is saved from being shot when the supervisor of Earth, Corellin, intervenes and completely halts the dimension of time. After this, Corellin opens a door, a way out, a way for this character to escape the crisis he is in. Behind the door is a paradise and the man decides to walk through the door. Both of my channels have focused on the use of doors as a symbol how doors are used to portray when constraints of time and space have been overcome. Here it is Corellin who has manipulated these dimensions. Can you, can you tell me what this means? 
Jennifer, what do you see? I see all. The man who questions the little girl is holding the all-seeing eye with a pyramid. We also see the eye of Ra and a $1 bill that is flipped over. The director was intentional here, <clears throat> portraying the Novus Ordo Seculorum right before the little girl named Jennifer says, quote, I see all, unquote. Jennifer is the living human form of the eye, the advent of the eye and human flesh. She is the one who destroys the earth at the end, while Corellin is depicted as attempting to save species of animals off of the earth before its destruction. He takes these animals and his spaceship back to his home planet, where they will be preserved. Childhood's End shows the eventual destruction of earth with fire. The utopia that all of humanity accepted didn't last. The era of peace and safety ended in decimation. One has to wonder whether this novel adapted into a television show in 2015 was intentionally pointing us towards something that is coming. We are in the year of light, the Anolucius. A supervisor of Earth is coming. He is the Lord of the world. He is not Jesus Christ the Lord. Do not be fooled by their agenda. That's me singing opera in the background, just so you know. Just kidding. Teasing. Anyway, yeah, so um, pretty heavy duty. Pretty heavy duty. Uh, in the end, the devil... Corellin is portrayed as the good guy. Um, it's a really weird, kind of weird, wacky ending. He, the, the one guy gets on the ship and basically goes into whatever stasis with one of these animals that they're taking off the planet. In this case, I think it was a whale. So him and the whale are buddies in stasis for this trip across the galaxy. And then they, in the end, they discover he's in there. And they're not even mad at him. And, um... They uh, he, they they take him to this this hellish planet that I guess is Corellin's home planet. It looks like literally the depths of hell, essentially fire, volcanoes everywhere, and and this is where something to the effect where all of these children that have been in a way raptured because in the end they they all go up into the skies to meet Corellin, okay, and they're taken. And they, I think this is part of what they would term as their, their ascension process, where they actually go into some type of spiritual um, garbage lie thing where they're, they're spirit now and they're doing whatever that they're doing in the cosmos. And the one girl who was the leader over all of them is on planet Earth and she is the one in the end that causes the destruction of of planet earth the girl the little girl that you had heard there and in the end they just show her up on this thing and she's just like doing whatever she's doing and ultimately causes the planet to explode in fire and planet earth and in corellin's you know he's he's a little broken up about it 
But um, it had to be done. It had to be done, I guess, according to them. And um, in order for us to go to our next rung in our evolutionary process. That's basically the way it ends. So let's take a little bit further look at this because I'm, I'm only really scratching some of the uh, other things that, are, that the show gets into. Okay, so continuing on, a little bit more about Arthur C. Clarke, the <clears throat> original author of this Childhood End book um, that, uh, I was like, 1953, yeah, 1953 actually came out, so we're, we're talking a long time ago here. <clears throat> During his life, Arthur, Sir Arthur C. Clarke, who lived from 1917 to 2008, was a famous science fiction author, inventor, futurist, and television commentator who, together with Robert A. Heinlein and Isaac Asimov, was considered to be of the big three of the science fiction, I guess, writers. Clark, in particular, had an uncanny knack at foreseeing the future. As an example, modern video games weren't heard of in 1956, and virtual reality games had not even been imagined. That is, until... Uh, Arthur C. Clarke wrote about them in his science fiction novel, The City and the Stars. I'm not going to give you all the particulars, but there's quite a bit of information there. Yeah, I, I give you the link to this full, <clears throat> to the full report here. Uh, for the sake of time, I shortened it. But it does give you the examples that he came about with of, of things like video games and virtual reality. And there was one other really big one, I forget, that he wrote about way before it had ever been invented. So, <clears throat> going further, unfortunately, the fact that Clark showed such remarkable futuristic insights may hold important and frightening realities for our investigation as well. This is because in the sci-fi seer classic Childhood, Childhood's End, which was originally made in 1953, the book, a giant silver spaceships appear in the future over every one of uh, America's uh, cities on Earth, actually. After the dust settles, the peaceful yet mysterious overlords inside them help form a world government which ends all war and turns the planet into a supposed utopia. Oddly, only a select few people get to see the overlords and their presence for coming to Earth remains shrouded as they dodge questions for years, preferring to remain in their spacecraft, governing by proxy. Overlord Corellan, the supervisor for Earth, speaks directly only to the UN Secretary General. Corellan tells him that the overlords will reveal themselves in 50 years, when humanity will have become used to, and I think even more importantly, dependent on their presence. <clears throat> when the revealing finally takes place at Corellan's request, two children run into the ship uh, as the crowd below finally gets a glimpse of what the aliens look like. Uh, Clark Arthur C. Clarke writes, there, there was no mistake. The leathery wings, the little horns, the barbed tail were all there. The most terrible of all legends had come to life, out of the unknown past. Yet now it stood smiling in ebon majesty, with the sunlight gleaming upon its tremendous body, and with a human child resting trustfully on either arm. I mean, give me a break. According to the narrative, the revelation that these beings historically known as the devil and his angels were in fact always our benefactors does not lead to chaos but rather to technological and spiritual utopia, quickly resulting in the dissolution of all previously existing religions. Christianity being the only one they really care about. 
the world celebrates as people are described as having overcome their prejudices against the devilish sight of Corellan, or as he had been known in the Bible as Satan. Here was a revelation which no one could doubt or deny. Here, seen by some unknown magic of overlord science, were the true, were the true beginnings of all the world's great faiths. Now this is, I believe, Arthur C. Clarke writing here. He's saying that this was the true beginning of all the world's great faiths. Most of them were noble and inspiring, but that was not enough. Within a few days, now this is after Corellan comes on the scene, and, and, and now we're seeing that, you know, they were... I think what they end up probably would end up getting to is that they were our creators, essentially. The whole ancient astronaut theory that we got into last time. Most of these religions on the earth uh, were noble and inspiring, but that was not enough. Within a few days, all ma of mankind's multitudinous messiahs had lost their divinity. Jesus Christ being the chief who had lost his divinity in the sight of Christians. So that is the, the main, remember what I always say this always boils down to, our time here on earth, is for, from Satan's perspective, seeing how many he can get into hell and ultimately the lake of fire. Okay, that's the goal. That's the ultimate goal. So if, if they could make this big <clears throat> splash on the planet and come in their spaceships and, and, and eliminate war and eliminate hunger and, and eliminate disease and do all of these things then what they're saying is within a few days all of mankind's multitudinous messiahs will have lost their divinity and then he goes on to say beneath the fierce and passionless light of truth faiths that had sustained millions for twice a thousand years vanished like the morning dew that's the goal that's the goal, to get you to absolutely turn your back on the Lord Jesus Christ, turn your back on his word, turn your back on Father God and the Bible, and embrace this deception and lie. Jesus Christ said, if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. And that's in the end times he's referring to there in Matthew 24. So... Not only did Jesus Christ say that, not only does the Bible say that, but they're clearly saying that here, that that is their goal. As the story continues, the children on earth set free from the outdated Abrahamic religion, such as Christianity, begin displaying powerful psychic abilities. Remember, all this occultic power now is in this, particularly this last, most likely Nephilim-type generation. Their DNA has been defiled. They're not, they're, they don't even... You know, they're, they're not really human. They're not fully human anymore, okay? But they're displaying these powerful psychic abilities, foreshadowing their evolution into a cosmic consciousness, a transcendent form of life. Now, again, I've done a lot of uh, teachings also where we've got into this, the star children phenomenon and the, oh, my word, the star children, the crystal children, the indigo children, the dolphin children, all that stuff. Just key in star or indigo in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, you'll find, it's been a little while since I did those studies, but I would say that definitely figures into this, because yes, there are a lot more children like that on planet Earth right now that are displaying these types of psychokinetic <clears throat> telekinesis type abilities, and, and I do believe that's growing. 
uh, I'm there's probably so many factors responsible for that as well. I get into that there, but that also <clears throat> plays into this whole discussion. Going forward, it says, uh, let's see here. So these children begin to display powerful psychic abilities, foreshadowing their evolution into a cosmic consciousness, a transcendent form of life. Indeed, this is the end of the human species, as it was known as everyone merges into a cosmic intelligence called the Overmind. Okay, so remember that. This is, this is in the end, when everything's said and done, and the children have all been like basically raptured up into the clouds to meet Corellan on the spaceship, on the mothership. And all the humans are basically gone or they're going to be killed because they're going to be on the planet. Of course, in the end, there was, it seemed like there was only one guy on the planet with the little girl that was doing her thing to, to bring about the absolute total mass destruction. But that was years later. I think that's after humanity had all died off. I'm pretty sure everybody, had, 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 this was like way down the road. And that's why the one guy in the movie made it because I guess what ended up happening, he was in stasis that whole time with um, uh, Moby Dick the whale there on the mothership going to the Corellans planet there. And when he got there, he was fit as a fiddle. He hadn't aged a day. But it was like, I don't know how many years later. And so I think they took him back to Earth to actually see the final destruction of the Earth. And he volunteered to go down there on the surface and give him a, a first-hand account. So he was destroyed too. And um, Corellan promised, I think, in the end that they would they would preserve a song that was some classical song. So, you know, we got that going for us, which is nice. You know, they'll, they'll preserve one song. And um, that was when, I believe, was the final thing about everyone merges into this cosmic intelligence called the Overmind. So, in Childhood End, the world learns that the entity historically known as Satan is actually mankind's savior. It, it, but if you call that a savior, I mean, that's... It's a pretty sad job. Everybody dies, you know, and the earth explodes in fire, you know. Everybody gets to go to hell, essentially. And, you know, um, while Jehovah of the Bible is an evil, fictitious character, those familiar with Eastern religions will recognize Clark's narrative as a clever E.T. version of a pantheistic mon monism. The belief that everything composes an all-encompassing, eminent God, or that the universe or nature is identical with divinity. Pantheists thus do not believe in a personal God. Everything is God, essentially. You know, that logs God, that plastic containers God, that, you know, never ends. Um, Overmind is quite similar to the Hindu concept of Brahman. Similarly, Buddhism advocates the dissolution of self into nirvana. Um, in fact, nearly all New Age spiritualist and occult traditions have comparable monistic dogma. Some shroud this doctrine of deceit in terms like the Christ consciousness, giving it more of an appealing veneer. But Jacques Vallée recorded an interesting example of such twisted ET theology, replacing biblical prophecy with the overmind. Vallée was a prominent figure in the study of UFOs and was first noted for a defense of the scientific legitimacy of the extraterrestrial hypothesis and later for promoting the interdimensional hypothesis. One con UFO contactee told Vallée, uh, quote, I was told that I was to come out at this time with this information because mankind was going to go through the collective Christ experience of worshiping UFOs and receiving information. 
It would help mankind balance its political focus. You see the interesting thing, Jacques, and he's talking to Jacques, this UFO contactee, is that we must emphasize the fact that we are receiving a new program, which is what this show's all about, this golden new age that they talk about in Childhood End, which is exactly what all the new agers are saying. We're going to be going into this golden new age under the Antichrist and false prophet, essentially. And, and then it goes on to say, we do not have to go through the old programming of Armageddon. I, I, and I'm, I'm assuming there of the old programming of the Bible, what the Bible would refer to as Armageddon, this type of stuff. So we can create our new reality. So again, 2 to 3% of the population when polled says, say that they have actually been abducted um, in one way, shape, or form, taken aboard ships, women impregnated, experimented on sliced diced implanted all of these things not but not only that and I, and I don't emphasize this enough their downloaded information or shown things about supposedly the end of the world and and what's coming and and it's always an agenda that pushes the new age and the alien agenda it's never an agenda that ever points any people of uh, toward the Lord Jesus Christ, toward the Bible, it always points them away from that. It always casts doubt on the Word of God and on Jesus Christ. So we know that it's satanic. So that's another huge reason why there's so many abductees as well, so that they can have this mass of brainwashed people out there that already have this programming literally downloaded into their system. So let's go forward here. The such New Age Babel as described above has been the doctrine of non-Christians this century has been the doctrine of non-Christians this century is one thing. But in recent homilies, Pope Benedict's end-time views displayed a troubling and similar tone from the Vatican. Uh, this may not come as a surprise to those Catholics familiar with Malachi Martin's warnings in his book uh, called The Jesuits, which documented how priests like Pierre Teilhard de Chardin were deeply influenced by the Catholic death cult and its academia, even more towards the occultism in this century. But it was his connection with the monastic, monistic occultism, this pantheism, and what is called the Omega Point, which takes us through the whole alien deity rabbit hole further. According to Chardin, in The Future of Man, his work called The Future of Man in 1950, the universe is currently evolving towards higher levels of material complexity and consciousness and ultimately will reach its goal of the Omega Point. Chardin postulated that this is the supreme aspiration of complexity and consciousness, an idea also roughly equivalent to technological singularity, which was also expressed in the writings of transhumanists like Ray Kurzweil. Uh, indeed, one finds a remarkable coalescence of all non-Christian systems under the banner of singularity, monism, omega point, and overmind. See, that all of these, we've got religions, you've got sci-fi, you've got all these different flavors of the new age all pointing toward the same thing this singularity monism omega point overmind all pointing us in the same direction unbeknownst to most roman catholics pope benedict is a chardinian mystic of the highest order meaning he follows this de chardin uh guy this catholic uh mystic occultist <clears throat> pope benedict's 2009 book entitled credo for today what christians believe that's that's a a hoot right like he knows what christians believe states unequivocally that a belief in creationism now this is the pope saying this the current pope he says that the belief in creationism 
the idea that life, the earth, and the universe as we know it today did not evolve, but rather were created by the God of the Bible, contradicts the idea of evolution, true, but is untenable for today. Untenable, meaning it's, 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 it doesn't work. It's, it's wrong. It's, it's untenable. So in other words, the idea of, of a biblical creation is, is wrong. It's false in Pope Benedict's view. Pope Benedict used the doctrine of the second coming of Christ to advance Chardin's omega point in which a new kind of God-man and mind will emerge. I mean, this is how closely and how hard the Catholic death cult is pushing this same garbage that is going on in childhood end. Okay, they are absolutely a tool of Satan. Catholicism is is what we're what we're just once again proving for the you know thousandth time. The newly sanctioned doctrine of an approaching emergent divinity in place of the literal return of Jesus Christ isn't that much of a secret any longer among Catholic priests. It's just accepted. While the Pope thus aggressively promotes Chardin's process of it's called new new genesis new noo genesis in which the cosmos comes alive and everyone unifies as a living host which is kind of the thing the theme you got at the end when all the children were going up into the meet Corellan on the spaceship and then, and then in the end that you see that their their consciousnesses are are going and kind of combining and going in i mean it's it's very very strange and nebulous but you kind of get that feeling when you're watching that show. <clears throat> One can easily and readily see that Brahman, Nirvana, Overmind, and Singularity are roughly equivalent to this monistic concept of this new genesis. The concept gets more translucent in astrobiology, where scientists have adopted neogenesis as the scientific term denoting the origin of technolo technological civilizations capable of communicating with humans and traveling to Earth. In other words, the basis for extraterrestrial contact. Consequently, um, among many, if not most, of Rome's astronomers and theologians, there is a widespread belief that the arrival of alien deities will promote our long-sought spiritual neogenesis. And according to a leading social psychologist, the world's masses are ready for such a visitation and will receive them or him as their messiah the antichrist the false prophet we're all nice and ready is what they're basically saying especially catholics this is further reflected in a 2012 united kingdom poll which indicated that more people nowadays believe in extraterrestrials than god in the uk <laughs> that's how sick society has become so in light of arthur c Clarke's scenario in childhood and where this neogenesis in the astro biological application uh which is the arrival of the alien overlords was the impetus for evolution toward the overmind and the dissolution of humanity it seems rome has connected these dots for us even ahead of time in his catholic sanctioned treaties Author Kenneth J. Delano linked the concept of maximum consciousness and alien contact, truly neogenesis in both senses of the world, where he wrote, for man to take, and this is all footnoted in this whole report is highly referenced to footnoted, for man to take his proper place as citizens of the universe, 
he must transcend the narrow-mindedness of his earthly provincialism and be prepared to graciously accept the inhabitants of other worlds as equals or even superiors. This, this guy wrote this back in the 70s. At this point in human history, our expansion into space is necessary, is the necessary means by which we are to develop our intellectual faculties to the utmost, and perhaps in cooperation with the ETs, achieve the maximum consciousness of that which St. Thomas Aquinas wrote in Thuma, Summa Theologica, where he said this is the earthly goal of man, to evolve his intellectual powers to their fullest, to arrive at the maximum of consciousness, to open the eyes of his understanding upon all things, so that upon the tablet of his soul, the order of the whole universe and all of its parts may be enrolled. So the Catholics have been promoting this for a long time. Okay, a long time. Viewed through this lens, the Vatican's promotion of Darwinism and astrobiology makes more sense. It seems that Pope Benedict's ultimate goal is to usher in the fifth element of the Omega Point, known as Christogenesis. Um, the author makes a note here. One cannot help recall, help but recall the movie The Fifth Element that involved a priesthood who protects a mysterious fifth element that turns out to be a messianic human who ultimately combines the power of the four other elements in this neogenesis uh, model to form a divine light that saves mankind. Now, I've done a lot of studies on this as well, and I list them here uh, regarding the subject. And, and the first one is listed as Preparation for Alien, UFO Deception, and High Gear. This was back in 2011. The, just the table of contents for the first three is Vatican preparing 1.1 billion followers for alien deception. The next one, the director of the Institute of Applied Astronomy is convinced extraterrestrial extraterrestrial life exists and will be in contact soon ufoology then the world's fastest growing quote scientific religion yes ufoology is the fastest growing religion they're, they're saying here and so that's a four-part study i give you all the links to those parts and then the next one i did this back in 2008 vatican easing humanity toward alien disclosure it's a three-part study and i'll just read you the table of contents vatican chief astronomer um, Father Jose Gabriel Funes, in a long week interview this week, made news by saying, Just as we consider earthly creatures as a brother and a sister, why should we not talk about the extraterrestrial brother? The statements by Funes are the latest string of a, of a recent comments by Vatican astronomers confirming a belief that discovery may, may be made in the near future of alien life. In asking whether little green men might be guilty of original sin, the Catholic theologian astronomers don't blink. Uh, Funes said that he he was sure that if aliens needed redemption, they, quote, in some way would have the chance to enjoy God's mercy. Oh, isn't that special? Vatican astronomer Guy Cosmolajo was more explicit. And he said there's no problem in getting the Son of God to every planet with an E.T. Because as Christians, Catholics, what he means, except every Sunday during the Holy Eucharist, uh, meaning the, the whole doctrine of transubstantiation where they continually re-crucify Christ over and over and over again through the, through the power of the Catholic priest. Um, he says that through that, Christ is truly physically present in millions of places and sacrificed a million times. Even though when Jesus Christ was on the cross, he said it is finished. He's not to be continually re-sacrificed millions of times across the planet every week. It's an abomination and it's an absolute, it's totally blasphemous. And an affront to the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood he shed on the cross. But that doesn't matter to the Catholics because that's what they do. So, um, 
Every day, the, the, he says it's sacrificed millions of times, Christ. Every day, every sacrifice of the Mass. Cosmologio tackled the subject in a 50-page booklet, which entitled, is entitled An Intelligent Life in the Universe. Approximately seven years ago, Monsignor Corrado Balducci made similar news when he, when he said ETs were actually already interacting with the Earth and that some of the Vatican's leaders were aware of it. Before his death in 1999, Maverick Catholic theologian Malachi Martin hinted at such more than once. Some perceived this as a careful doctrinal unveiling over the years and a deliberate effort by the Catholic Church officials to warm up the laity to ET disclosure. I couldn't agree more. And then we have more of my, my reports, my studies. One entitled Imminent ET Disclosure in World Government. That was back in 2013. And then another one, a six-parter, entitled Satan's Agenda for Disclosure, First Contact, six parts. This just I've covered this, this subject in so many different ways, but I get new stuff and I have to recover it. The, the new information, just like I'm doing today. And then I did an end time current event, part one in 2 6 of, of 11, and then another one in 10 17 of 10, where we get into the subject again. So I'm trying to give you a lot of the information I've given you in the past. So if you want it all in one spot, you can just click on these links and, and listen to them because this will give you a lot more insight into the subject. Okay, so I'm going to try to finish this real quick. In Chardin's book, The Phenomenon of Man, the Fifth Element of Evolution is Christogenesis, a creation of a total Christ at an omega point. With that in mind, be aware that astrobiology and transhumanist philosophy suggest this neogenesis is being driven by an external intelligence, whether it be respectively artificial or extraterrestrial, which leads these authors to conclude that we are on the cusp of the fifth element of neogenesis. We would redefine the terms instead of suggesting an aggressive preparation for the anti-Christogenesis, which is an alien serpent savior, the ultimate Darwinian superbeing, who may even bear leathery wings, little horns, and a barbed tail. But regardless of how he appears, it is obvious to all now that the Vatican has cleverly prepared for his coming, and perhaps even monitored his approach from atop Mount Graham, using their Lucifer telescope device. Oh, and the new Pope Jesuit um, Francis like his Jesuit brother Chardin, an emeritus Pope Benedict also believes a childhood end scenario could be tomorrow's reality. He's re he's already he's ready to begin baptizing these alien overlords into what would be a quickly formed universal new church following such an extraordinary moment of their arrival. And he's already saying he won't be surprised if the aliens are discovered very soon. Furthermore, if such disclosure is made, the Pope says his instruction to the new global church will be for, quote, Christians to believe in whatever the scientists tell us, end of quote. What a devil from the pit of hell. So the world and the Vatican sound ready to embrace Arthur C. Clarke's great deception any time now, but what, what will your response be if such an event takes place? I'm totally out of time. God bless you, and we will see you in part six.